Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Man, you know what? This is a, it's a full house. I'm glad you guys are uh, uh, joining us, especially for those of you who are joining us online, man. Welcome. Welcome, friends. Uh, it is always good. Yeah, give him a hand. Give him a hand. Of course. So this is, this, is, uh, this is week two. This is week two of a series called Too Much in which we're talking about uh, how life can get too much, right? Like, how many of you guys can agree to that? I mean, like, it just sometimes it gets too, just too much. And what's interesting about that is, is that sometimes we end up just kind of just trying to react to life as it comes to, to us, and we, can, we get to do that, and we, we try to do that, or, or we can actually do something else. And in this series of talks, we're actually doing that, and that is that we are trying to create the life that we want to live instead of reacting to it. Because as, I was, I was, as I'm holding these, these pieces of fruit here, uh, you know what's funny is, is like if you have like a lot of relationship stuff going on in your life, and you can actually kind of juggle this, right? You, you're good with this. You're good with this. You're like, okay, all your relationships, family, you know, friends, uh, romantic relationships, you're good. And then, then, anybody have a job? Anybody have a job? Right? Anybody, anybody, anybody want to like, you know, be successful? Can I give a, can I get a shout out here? Anybody? Yeah, we do. Of course we do. So we have to juggle that too, right? It's all up in the air. It's all up in the air. And now we got what? We got two. Hey, hey, we got two. We are good. We are good with those. We're good with those. But guess what? There's more to life, isn't there? There's more life. I mean, then you got like health issues, right? How many of you are like, you know what? I've been trying to lose that, that 20 COVID or whatever it's called, you know, or I've been trying to lose something or you, you manage your health, you juggle your health. And what do you got here? You guys are waiting for it. You're like, can he do this? But those of you who are just listening to this talk, I'm trying to juggle. Okay, so you got relationships, you got career. Okay, you got relationships, career, and what do you got? Whoa, hey, 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 whoa. But what's funny though is life is not that simple because while you're doing that, you know what happens? You get a curveball thrown at you, right? Here, let's start again. Let's start again. Like this, this, this. This. Okay, Asher, throw me one more. Wait, okay. That's it. It's over. It's over. It's over. Man, yeah. You try to juggle stuff, and then Asher throws a curveball at you. Which is, which is really ironic, though, because Asher, this is his last Sunday uh, here. He's going to college. He's going to college. Yes. And it is quite the curveball for us. All kinds of feelings, all kinds of feelings. Here's the point, though. The point is, is that we have got to move away from reacting to life, trying to juggle all the stuff, but we have to live intentional lives. And how do we do that? If you've got a Bible, if you've got something that you can pick up, you can, you can look into Scripture, look into it, uh, grab that, or we'll put it on the screen behind you. It's Proverbs 21, 20. It says this, okay? It says, the wise have a generous supply of fine food 
and oil in their homes. But, but help me out, but what? Fools, okay, okay help me out means say it with me. It's that, yeah, read with me. Okay, we got this? Okay. But fools are wasteful, consuming every last drop. Now, what's ironic about this passage is that it confuses me. Because if you leave stuff on your plate at dinner, people, people you're, it's being wasteful, right? Like, it's being wasteful. It's like totally, you have to clear, clear your plate. When you clear your plate, you're not wasteful. And sometimes with me, I feel like that's life. Life is that you've got to live to the max. Like, let's not leave anything on the table. Let's eat all the food. Let's eat or let's do all the stuff. Because if you don't, you're being wasteful. You're being lazy. But here, the Proverbs, the ancient Proverbs says that actually the wise people leave a little extra. The fools eat it all up. They go all out, which is interesting to me. It seems like the wise here, the, the writer is saying, wise people end up looking to the future and always keep a little bit for the future. And so as I was thinking about that, I thought, that is so true because wisdom lives in the future. W wisdom is all about the future. Like w when wisdom talks to you and me, it doesn't tell us about the present. It doesn't comfort us about our past. It, it calls us to the future. It says, do this because in the future, this is going to pay out for you. But fools, in a sense, live to the edge, like almost on empty. Now, when I read this, and I was reading, I was studying about this passage and studying uh, uh, this talk, I thought, I don't like this talk at all. Because this is me. This is, uh, this, this is a sermon for me because I end up living a lot of my life all the way to the max. Like, I'm that guy that, you know, like, will let the fuel run all the way down, right? Is anybody, anybody agree with me? Come on, my, my boys, my, anybody, yeah, right? Because you know, when it also hits empty, there's always 50 more miles left, right? Come on, isn't that truth? One person, that's great, thanks, Peter, yeah. Yeah, it, but it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily true. It's not, but, and, but I end up doing it. I remember once, I remember once I got back from a trip, uh, and it was late night. It was like after midnight, and uh, I remember, though, uh, got, I got in my car, and I started heading home, and I stalled out, and I was like, what is going on? I mean, it was on empty, but still, I was like, listen, <laughs> listen. When I got here, when I left the car at the airport, I remember, remember, it had just come on. And obviously, no one drove the car. So I'm like, I got, I'm good for another 40 miles. What's going on here? And so I'm like, starting this thing, I'm convinced that it's not the gas. I'm like, this cannot be the gas. Cannot be the best gas. Finally, it was definitely the gas. Here's the problem, though. I had to call Ashley. Now, this was back in the day when Asher and Nura were little ones. Now, if you have little ones, what that means is, is that in the middle of the night, you can't just get up and leave the house. So Ashley had to wake up the kids, put them all in the car, and drive to me to get me gas. That was not a good night. <laughs> I've got to tell you, after that, I have never run out of gas. And that also is a lie. But anyways, <laughs> it's crazy. But see, when you do that, though, in life, though, it's really dangerous. It's not inconvenient. It's some of us that don't have any extra because we're living a life always on empty. So it's always empty, not always extra. But just imagine, what would you look like? 
Like, what would you actually look like physically if you just had a lot of extra in your life? Like, you had extra time, you had extra energy, extra money. What would you do with a lot of extra when it comes to your relationships? Like, if you had extra, like, just emotions to, to give to someone, if you had extra resources to let someone borrow something, if you had extra just mental capacity, emotional uh, capacity to just pour into people, what would it look like for you and I to just have extra in our lives? And so this passage of Scripture, this ancient wisdom is telling us this, is that you and I have to be wise when it comes to life, and so many of us are juggling way too many things, and we're living life to the max. And I get it, because we celebrate living to the max. But the problem is, we, I mean, we do, right? We love people living on the edge, man. If you're, li- if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Have you ever heard that? Do you have the t-shirt? Please don't have that t-shirt. <laughs> but you know, we celebrate that as a culture. As a country, we celebrate that, but then we always also mock the person who falls off the cliff. Like, we're always doing that, where we celebrate them going all out, and then they fall off emotionally, they get involved in something, addiction takes over, and they just, they just ruin their lives, and we're like, man, what happened to them? You know what happened to them? There was no extra. They were always on empty, running, redlining all the way through life. Are you doing that? See, week two of this, a series of talks, is got to address this idea. How do we move from always empty to always having extra? Because if you were here, part one was this idea of like just saying enough. Last week was like, hey, you have to say enough because you got to know you are enough, so you have to stop chasing accomplishments and stop chasing all the things. And so week two really is about, okay, how do we create this extra? So when we look at the life of Jesus, we go, there's certain things he did that created extra. And then he also praised people who created extra. So let me, let's jump into it. The first story I want to go to is the story of Mary and Martha. Anybody heard of Mary and Martha? Anybody? Right? Okay. So Luke 10, let's just go there. It says here, while Jesus and his followers were traveling, Jesus went into a town. A woman named Martha let Jesus stay at her home, at her house. Martha had a sister named Mary, who was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach. But Martha was busy with all the work to be done. She went in and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to do all the work? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are what? You are what? You are worried and upset about many things. Only what? One thing is important, Mary has chosen the better thing, and it will never be taken from her. Now, you've heard this story. What's the moral of the story? Be like Mary? Is that the story? You know, like the most important thing to do is to sit at the feet of Jesus instead of doing all the stuff? But let's just be honest here. Let's not make Martha the villain, because some of you, as I was reading this, thought, I am Martha, and I don't like all the Marys. Because I'll tell you what the Marys do. The Marys, you know you're a Mary, if when, you, if when it comes to dishes, you let them soak. <laughs> you believe in that. You're like, that's a scientific fact. They need to soak. I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that. But I was too busy praying. Like, what, what? There's always someone in the relationship that goes, someone's a Mary and someone's a Martha. And they're always like, you, why is this happening? They're sisters here. Well, what's, hap- what's happening here, though? Jesus is, is there. 
right? He, he's doing his thing, he's teaching. But Mary does something that's not just, in a sense, lazy or just in, or whatever, according to Martha. No, Mary is acting like a male. Like it's back in those times, is the, the male disciples would sit and listen while the women did all the work. I mean, that was the culture back then. And so she's like, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm sitting here and doing this, which is interesting. And then you remember what we read was Jesus actually commends Mary because of what she did. When she's breaking a lot of rules here, then Martha seems to be the bad person here, or does she? Or is this, uh, this correction that Jesus gives her, is it really as harsh as we think it is? Is he really saying, listen, you need to do this instead of doing what you're doing? Because the question is, who's going to do all those things, right? Like if you've ever thrown a party and you have one person in the relationship that's all about the people, and everybody else is like, hey, we got to cook something, by the way. Like, do we have spoons? What about, what about knives? Are we setting the table here? Someone's the host, right? The other person is like, people are here. What are we eating? I don't know. I don't know. One person is like, hey, I, I, I'm preparing all the stuff. So is Jesus saying, don't be the one who's preparing the stuff? Don't be busy doing that. Be the person who's actually all about people and all about me. So when you come to church, don't volunteer. Just come and worship. Because that's the what? The most important thing. Or is he saying they're both important? See, I think he's saying but they're both important. But he's saying something that I think is key to this idea of moving from a, uh, like an almost empty life to a, an extra in life. What he's saying here is that Mary, Mary is filling up, Martha. Mary is filling up right now. Because you know who's running on empty. Martha. Martha's running on empty. See, I don't know about you, but um, I get irritable when I'm hungry. Anybody? I just do. I just, Jesus goes out the window. Like, like I don't even, I'm like, and I have to like stop. I'm like, I'm just, like, I get, I, I, when, I'm, when I'm not myself, and when I'm, when I'm hungry, I'm not myself. And when I don't have enough sleep, oh my gosh, I'm just awful. I'm just awful. I just don't want, I, I'm not myself. I'm not myself. Martha was not acting like herself. I mean, talk about being passive aggressive. Like you go to Jesus, hey Jesus, I know Mary's right there and she can listen to me, but can you, Jesus, tell my sister? She's not just telling Jesus, she's telling the whole house. And Mary's like, are you kidding me right now? Like what's happening? She could have easily, like, hey, Mary, I need some help in the kitchen. No. Hey, hey, must be nice, Mary. <laughs> must be nice. Whoo. Okay. Does anybody notice that I'm doing all the work? Jesus is saying, hey, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. Martha, I know your personality, and you are a go-getter. That's awesome. I know Mary's personality is she's a go-getter, too. Because she shows up in a lot of other stories because she follows me around. But I just want you to know, right now, she's doing something that is filling her up. And I think this is the key to moving to having extra in life. Knowing and setting, determining your priorities and your pace in life. Like right now in this season, do you know what the most important thing is? 
You see, if you take away from the story, oh, the most important thing is just being at the feet of Jesus, which again, friends, the presence of God, yes, 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 always, always important. But what it's saying even more is we have to determine as people, as we go through life, what right now is most important. Some of us have never thought that. But your season of life right now determines your priorities. No, not, not, not looking at other people and thinking, oh, well, I'm in, well, they're in my same exact situation. No, they're not. What is most important to you right now? For some of you, it might be your mental health. Like you've gone through some stuff. You've gone through some even emotional trauma right now, which the number one priority for you is not to get out there, but to heal. And everybody else might be telling you, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that. But what is the most important thing for you to do right now? Because if you don't understand that, you look at other people and criticize and get negative, and some of us have, you get passive-aggressive, you won't be yourself anymore. Why? Because you're running on empty. And you were never meant to run on empty. And the reason is you've got your priorities messed up here. What is priority right now? Is your family priority right now? Like depending on the stage of life you are and the, how old your kids are, your priorities shift. Like depending on your health, your priorities shift. Depending on if you have just moved or you're going to get ready to move, your priorities need to shift. And you might think, no, 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 it's always God first, family second. Listen, don't give me that. No, 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 no. Let's get particular here. What is priority? Because there's something inside of you that says, oh man, if I just had the time, I would do this. If I would just, I, w- I would lose this, uh, whatever baggage I've got, I've, I, would, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would kind of like work on myself if I had the time. If I had the time. The problem is that you're running on empty, but you can create extra time. Why? All you have to do, the number one is you have to move your priorities. You got to, not everything can be important all the time. And Jesus is saying, hey, she's filling up, Mary. Right now she's filling up. You're running on empty. You're running on empty. Why don't you sit down for a little bit? Are you and I doing that? See, look at Jesus, because he lived a life like that. Interesting passage here. This is John 9. Let me read this to you. John 9, 4 says, while it is daytime, this is Jesus talking. In fact, he's responding. He says, while it is daytime, we must continue doing the work of the one who sent me. Night is coming when no one, what? When no one can what? Can work. Like there's a sense of urgency there. He's like, listen to me. Listen to me. It's daytime right now. Night's coming. We got to get to work. Now, this is in context. This is a response of Jesus to his disciples. And the question is not a how hard should we work. The question actually was this. Hey, Jesus, so you know this guy here who's sick? Why do you think he's sick? That was the question. Do you think it was his sin or his father's sin? Like, they stopped Jesus in this conversation and said, hey, so why is this person ill? Why is this person uh, needs healing? Why is this person in, in, in trouble here? Why, why, why is this happening? Is it his father's? Let's, let's talk about his sin. What did he do wrong? Oh my gosh, let's talk about it. And then Jesus goes, stop talking. Here's what we got to do. Night's coming. And they're like, what? Night's coming? What? They're like, he's like, let's get to work. The priority right now is not to discuss 
someone else's issues and why and why, we have to do the work we gotta do. And I think for some of us, your priority is actually get that stuff done, not continue to wonder about all the outcomes of it. You gotta get it done. And for some of us, this season is short. And if we don't make whatever you need to make priority in this season, you're going to miss it. Why? It's daytime now, but what? Night's coming. Night's coming. And you and I know this. You and I know this. When we don't maximize the season of our lives, we live in this world, word called re- re- regret. And we can't go back. And we go, I wish I would have, Right? Why? Because you just need to make it a priority. All you got to do, not have more skills and not be more spiritual, you just need to make it a priority. Jesus is like, hey, you got to know this. Again, let me ask you, do you know what's important in this season of your life? Everything cannot be important. Not all your family, all your friends, all relationships, all the things cannot be the most important thing. You can't. And if you think, no, 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 if I can just maximize and get all of it, then I fulfill the season. I'm not quite sure if that's how it works. Jesus, in one instance, said this, Mark 8, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your what? Your own soul. He said there is a point where you go after all the other things because all of them are important, and you just lose yourself. Martha, you lost yourself. What's going on here? What's happening? What's happening? Mary has kind of set a priority. She's filling up right now. So you set your priorities. And number two, I would say, and you set your pace in life. And so moving, let me be very clear, I think just moving from this idea of like always, you know, almost empty to always having extra in life is connected to priorities and pace. You set them both for the season you're in. Pace. Pace is an interesting word. Like, I didn't really didn't understand this idea of pace until I started, like, working out a particular kind of workout. Like, like, uh, like I, 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 I don't know, I, I just did not think about it. Like, like learning to run, uh, learning to work out with groups of people, understanding a pace was very different for me because I just thought, okay, when the workout starts or when we go for it, when you start your workout, whatever you're doing, you run, you go all out. That's what you do, Right? They say, run, you run, you go for it. Pacing means that you actually are strategic with the amount of energy, attention that you're going to give at certain part of the time. Like, for example, you know how long you're going to go, and you kind of go, I'm going to pace myself in this season of life. And for some of us, you're like, no, I just got this new job, I got to go full on. Hey, I, I got this, old, this new relationship. I'm going to go full on. And when the relationship gets old, there's nothing. There's like, can you tell, can you stop soaking the dishes? Like, like it, it's, it, there's a pace. And pacing only works when you know that there is an end to this. When you know you're going further. And it's not quick for some of you. For some of you, I just, I, I'm just going to tell you, I mean, like, you're in debt, like serious debt, and you're like, uh, thanks for bringing it up, uh, and you don't want to bring it up. You're like, and because you don't even want to calculate the amount, the, the, the millions of years that it will take to finish the, paying off this debt. You don't even want to calculate this, okay? Others of you, you know, 
you know it will take me th- these many banks that I will rob, and then, then <laughs> in, you know, in these many months, and I will be able to pay this debt off, okay? But you know. See, people who get out of debt, they kind of know, and then they kind of pace, and they kind of know how to do it. They don't go, hey, I'm going to cash out, give all the money to to credit card company, and then, okay, we're... No, no, no. There is a pace to it. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? There's, there's always a pace to it. I wonder, do you know your pace in life, or are you just like one speed, just one speed? That's it, it's one speed. But as, this, as, as the year, as nature has seasons, so does your life. And there's a season for certain things. There's a season to like just work hard and put in a lot of hours. And then there's a season to just kind of coast a little bit. Just take a breather a little bit. And pacing is very tr- tough because pacing requires you and I to not look at other people. And that's super hard. Because you're going through life and then you see people going, you're like, ah, must be nice. <laughs> and then you go, why am I not? Why, why, why are we not in? Why, why, can we catch up? See, pacing means you give up keeping up. Because you're keeping up with your sister, or you're keeping up with your brother-in-law, or you're keeping up with so-and-so, or you're keeping up with this. You're going to run at their what? Pace. And they're not you. And we just go, go, go. And I, I, I get this. I get this. You look around and you go, I should be doing more. I should be doing more. I should be more. I got to do this. And you run a little bit harder. And you, you, you go, hey, you're not committed to the, your pace. Not committed to your pace. Think for some of us, based on our, based on our like, um, personality, we have a very hard time with this. Because you're like, no, man, I'm a go, go, go. I got I to accomplish all the stuff. For some of you, you're like, if, you, if I even suggest, you know, if I even suggest, I'm like, hey, listen, you know what? It's actually healthy to take a nap during the day. You'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> right? What is wrong with you? Like, I grew up in the Middle East, in Kuwait in particular, and it was, it's so hot there, okay? It's so hot that the businesses start early, then they take a two or three hour break from like, like noon to about two o'clock. Okay, and there is an afternoon siesta, my friend. I know that's Spanish, but regardless, okay. So they, there is an afternoon, like, they, they take breaks. People take naps. Man, we live in a world that naps are for lazy people. M- middle of the day naps. Now, some of you are like, oh, I've been doing a lot of naps. <laughs> I'm working from home during COVID, and I'm not going back. <laughs> they say come back. They're like, I'm not coming back. Every time they say, come on back, I'm like, <coughs> I got something. You don't want me back. Ah, <coughs> I'm good. I know. Some of you guys are like, that's what I'm doing. That is what I am doing. Okay, I got this. No, I'm talking about people who like, you, you actually can take a nap. Like you can actually fall asleep. I don't know about you, but when you're stressed, when you have stuff going on in your life, you know the hardest thing to do? Is sleep. Sleep is hard. That's why people medicate themselves to go to go sleep. You're like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do whatever I gotta do, man. I need some, I need some sleep. Why? Because you're running on empty. Your pace in life is is all messed up. Your priorities are all messed up. You, you it's, it's, it's just you just haven't taken the time to set them. You can't sleep at night. 
And so you, what, what do you do? And then when I say sleep in the afternoon, you're like, what is that? I could never do that. Could never do that. Because I don't know about you, Naeem. I mean, I know you're a pastor. You guys don't work but one day a week. <laughs> but, you know. But I got a real job. And I got all kinds of stuff going on, and a lot of people are relying on me. I mean, my phone is blowing up all the time, and it's not like Instagram notifications, buddy. No, it's like serious stuff, okay? I'm important. I got a lot of things going on. People always need me. I cannot be napping in the middle of the day. Well, let's, let's look at this guy right here. So Jesus, kind of an important guy, right? Had a little bit of stuff going on, right? So here's what happens in Matthew 8. Okay, so they're on this boat. They're on this lake. And here's what happens. Suddenly, a ferocious storm came up on the lake. And so the waves swept over the boat. Like, so this is like crazy. He's with the disciples. Obviously, they're doing a lot of stuff. They've got, you know, he just told them, hey, night's coming. We got work to do. We got work to do, people. We are busy, busy. Stop talking about why, why, why. We got to get this done. We got to keep going. By the way, I've been hanging around for 30 years. I didn't do much, but now I got three years. I got to kill it. I got to do all kinds of things. Which, by the way, that's another idea. That's another thought about pacing, isn't it, spiritual? Like, he could have accomplished so much more. I mean, I'm sorry, Jesus, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you would have started when you're 21, you know what I'm saying? A lot more years of healing people. But no, he doesn't. He doesn't do it. Like, he, it seems like there's a priority in his life. It seems that he has a pace in life. He goes, 30, now I'm starting. I go for three years. That's it. And then what's he doing, by the way, in the storm? So everybody's like freaking out. And the next verse says this, but Jesus was what? He was sleeping. He was taking a nap. It's the middle of the day. He's taking a nap. So this is not, this is, this is common for Jesus. Hey, where's Jesus? He's out. I don't know where you went. I don't know where you went. I don't know. We just fed these people. Now he took off. Where is he? I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Maybe that whole walking on water thing. I think, I think that's where it is. Let's go out there and find him. He, he's, go, he's off. He's off doing his things. He, so Jesus, for some reason, lived a life, and he's telling us to do the same thing. He's telling us, if you always want to have extra, you need to set your priorities, and then you have to set the pace. And Jesus was like, I'm taking a nap because I can. I know the world needs me. It's a broken world, but I can take a nap. Could you, can I, could you stop being the Messiah of your family and take a nap? You're like, no. Yeah, right. That's the lies. There lies the problem. See, it's, we're, all, we're, all, we're running on empty. We're maxing out everything. And if you don't think this is spiritual, friends, this is what ruins everything in our lives. Here's why. When you don't have extra you don't have, you don't create these extra moments in life. And we talk about extraordinary life, and you know the, the, what makes an ordinary life extra is what? The extra part of it. And you and I also know that at the end of our lives, when we look back, we don't remember all the things we did. We look for moments. And people talk about moments. You see, when you and I hold our priorities and our pace correctly, we begin to create uh, these moments that um, are called kairos moments. 
So the, you know, the, 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 the Greek word, Latin word is um, kairos and chronos time. Kairos time is divine moments. Chronos time is just, just time. And so we just run out of time. But see, if you want to step into some things, if you want to make some memories, then you've got to create these chronos times. I'm sorry, these kairos times. Kairos times, there are divine times, moments. Because I know, and you know, that you're going to go through a season and you're going to just remember a handful of moments in your relationships, in your life, with your family. Those moments, we get to appreciate them when we don't feel like we have to rush through them. The way we can actually stop and just go, okay, I can... I can I can just be in this moment. And for some of you, that's what you need. For some of you, that is exactly what you need in your life right now. You and I can do the most spiritual thing and just know that we have to set our priority and our pace in life just like Jesus and be able to accomplish some things. I mean, you know this passage of Scripture. Maybe some of you have never heard it. I don't know. But it's pretty popular. It says, Psalms 46 says, be still and know that I am God. Like in other translations, it says, stop running. Like, stop striving. Like, just stop going, 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 going. Just, just breathe and know. See, we're not going to know the divine in a sense. We're not going to know um, these uh, or experience these um, Kairos moments, if we just don't stop. And the only way you can stop but keep moving in life is you set your priority and you set your pace. And you're like, I'm good. I'm good. I can afford to take a nap. I can afford to do this. I can afford to just sit in this moment. I can afford to take the next couple of months and just sit to get healing a little bit. I can sit in this grief for a little bit. I can sit in this pain for a little bit. I can sit in this joy for a little bit. I can sit and celebrate my life for a little bit. I'm good. I'm good. No one's rushing me. Could you imagine, friends, if we lived a life with just extra, extra, so the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about like, what would it take for you to have extra time and extra money and resources? But today, could you and I just move from, you know, almost empty to always extra, having a little extra? So let's take a moment. Let's take an extra second or two and just sit as before I pray and just go, allow God to just show you something. Let's do that. Let's pray together. you ask him, God, what needs to be priority right now in my life? Why don't you ask him, God, am I, am I running too fast? Ask him, God, do I
God, do you have my attention? God, I pray that as we begin to just settle our minds and our hearts, that we begin to allow our souls to just take a breather, that you, God, would remind us, God, that all the world does not rest upon us. God, the burdens that we're carrying, the, 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 the things we're juggling, hoping that they don't fall, God, it's, it's, it's too much. It's too much. And we were never meant to do that. God, I pray that you'd break that, that lie in us. And for some people, God, I just pray right now, for some people maybe who are watching even, God, that today would be the day that the cycle of not falling, being able to fall asleep, because the mind's just working. Worry has just taken over. God, it would just stop. It would stop today. I pray for sleep. In the middle of a storm, sleep. Rest in the middle of a storm. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.